Thank you for joining us for Light on the Path, an ongoing conversation designed to encourage you from the Word of God as you walk with Him. Please take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd also love to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship at Eastside Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Be sure to see the show notes for more information and connect with us online at eastsidethomasville.org. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. It is December 25th, and no, we're not actually here recording, uh, doing anything live today. We're home with our families, and uh, as you probably are as well, wherever you find yourself this Christmas holiday, I am super sorry if you're working today. Um, I am not, and I'm so thankful that I'm not at that point in my life to where I still have to do that. And uh, if you are, I'm so sorry. But may your hearts be refreshed today by just the, the joy and the excitement of the Christmas holiday. And uh, hopefully we've been able, you have been able to remain focused on the importance of the holiday. This is Pastor Sean. I'm the lead pastor here at Eastside Baptist Church. And this is Bill Warren. I'm the uh, outreach pastor here at Eastside Baptist Church. And I do uh, wish you a Merry Christmas. Can't help but hear a Christmas jingle in the background as we're as we're leading into this, maybe we can have a Luke throw a "We wish you a Merry Christmas" over top of the, uh, maybe. the intro. <laughs> maybe I, I don't know. I don't know if we can do that or not. Uh. But we'll we'll see. We'll we'll find out. You know, as we're with our families today, many of us, or just out and about, um, whether we're staying home watching Christmas shows, or whether we are out in public, or whether we're with our family, undoubtedly there will be opportunities for the reality of what we're going to talk about today to enter your um, world today. Yeah. And that is opposition to our faith. Opposition. You know, I don't know about you, Pastor Bill, but typically um, I haven't been with extended family in a long time. And I have many Christians in my family, not all, but many Christians but it can it can be an awkward thing for um, believers in Jesus, even even though holiday is supposed to be about Christ, right? It can mm. be an awkward thing to even bring up Jesus. Uh, don't have any problem talking about Santa Claus or yeah. any of that stuff. That's that's normal. And matter of fact, almost they seemed weird if you say anything negative about it, even. <laughs> but you bring up Jesus, and it's like this awkward thing, you know. It, it is funny, especially so. So I, I have a. A mostly Christian family, and uh, we do Christ as part of our Christmas celebration in that we have a reading of the nativity scene or the, of the Christmas story. Yeah. But there's, and even within that, there's that, there's that structured conversation around Christ, but the rest of Christmas kind of happens. Sure. It's just a, 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 a normal, a normal cultural Christian and uh, Christmas. And so um, if you bring it up, if, if, if you bring up Christianity, like we should probably, I think all of us would experience some level of pushback. Um, no, absolutely. And that is the nature of living in the world, being around a culture, really in any sense of the word, um, whether we talk about Jesus more or he's totally foreign, they don't even know who Jesus is. Uh, real Christianity is going to experience opposition just like it did when Jesus was here. Yeah. 
So that's one of the reasons that so much is said about it in the New Testament the epistles and the Gospels. And we see that opposition. You know, I was even thinking, you know, even in the parable of the sower, which classically is the four soils of the heart that the word of God falls on. Right. One of the soils. So the first three, um, I believe, are people that have do, do not ultimately receive the word of God. I mean, one's the wayside here. They don't even understand. It just immediately gets snatched up by the devil when the word of God falls on that that heart. The second one is the one I was thinking of here. Um, the rocky soil, it's a shallow soil. There's actually a layer of bedrock under that soil. So it falls into that that dirt. It begins to to uh, bear fruit. The word of God does. But then it is immediately offended. Why is it offended? Well, it says because of persecution from the word. So as that person aligns uh, herself, himself with truth, they believe the gospel um, and they go back out into this world is now this changed person. This person that's been uh, brought back to life. There's their dead spirit has been quickened now and they go back out into the world around all of these dead people, so to speak. They receive persecution. They receive opposition. And in this parable, that person stumbles hmm. almost as if, well, that wasn't what I signed up for. You know, I wanted the benefits maybe of being a Christian, but I even like the word of God and certain things about it. But stand for the word, align myself with the word, you know, and it says specifically that they are under persecution and they stumble at that. You know, we see a couple couple spots here in the New Testament that we're going to deal with today in First Thessalonians and Second Timothy. The first one in First Thessalonians talking about that persecution can come um, or opposition to faith can actually come from kind of your own nationality, your own religion, whether we're talking about true religion or not. Um, there's so much religion in the world, hmm. and we see this in First Thessalonians chapter two. Verse 13, excuse me, Paul writes, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So he's got a right foundation. He's saying you receive the word of God, not as just some sacred book, uh, not something that was written by men. You received it as it is in truth. The actual words of God for ye, for you, brethren, verse 14, became followers of the churches of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And he, he goes and they even forbidden them to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. I mean, this this carried over so far in their in their culture they were receiving as they would stand in the word. They received the word as it was, the word of God. It was no longer just a religious book, um, but it was actually God's word. They became followers as, as also the other churches of God, and they received persecution. You know, their religious nationality began to persecute them. And even think about this, what were they persecuting? They had the word of God already, but they did not believe the word of God. And they did not, of course, they weren't applying it correctly, but um, just like this. And they became um, those who are now receiving opposition to the faith in Jesus Christ. It's, it's interesting to me. It points out in, in, in verse, uh, I believe it was 13, um, where Paul says, when you receive the word of God, 
you genuinely received it as the word of God, not um, the word of men. And it began to work in you, which believe. And that's, that's the end result of true acceptance yeah. of the word of God. It begins the process of transforming us into uh, what Christ has called us to be. And, and that's where we tend to face opposition. So the, the verbal acquiescence to Christianity. So we live in a, Christ, a quote unquote Christian culture and verbal. So you go out into downtown Thomasville especially this time of year where people mm-hmm. have had a focus on Christianity and you ask people if they're Christian, there'll be a verbal acquiescence to it. There's a verbal, yes, I'm Christian. And yeah. generally that's in contrast to I'm not Muslim, I'm not Jewish, so I'm Christian. But uh, there's a verbal acquiescence. But when you begin to preach the truth of the Word of God, that the Word, the word of God changes us, it makes us different, it makes us more like Christ, that's when we, we butt up against opposition. So even within our culture, well, we have this, this propensity toward persecution when we allow the work of God, the word of God to do the work of God in our life. And it's interesting. So we had it, we had opposition within the Jewish, Jewish culture. Um, those who, who ascribed to the old Jewish law versus those who are following this new faith in Christ. But even, um, and we talked a little bit pastor, even, even opposition within the practice of the Christian faith, you had, um, as Paul and, and his, um, co-workers were doing their mission work the the church in jerusalem began to push back against the distribution of faith into or the distribution of the gospel into the into the gentile community and it even led to uh, a confrontation between peter uh one of the founders one of jesus's disciples one of the founding founders of the church in jerusalem and paul as he's doing his mission work so opposition may come culturally um from from cultural religion it also could come within the within the faith as God calls us to another level of obedience and submission. Yeah, no, you're right. That, that's a, that's a good point. You know, I, I look at that passage and Paul starts off saying how thankful they are for these Thessalonian Christians because the way they received the word of God, as you pointed out. So by, by default, the people that were not receiving it, uh, God's word as the words of God, they were receiving it as the words of men. Hmm. And I think that's another reason that we can live here in the Bible Belt and we can even have verses plastered on walls, put them on Facebook, and, oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Oh, yeah, we love the Bible, you know. Hmm. But how many are actually have accepted this as this is God's truth, this is God's law, this is the way to live? Say, whoa, hmm. hold on, that's... That's not how where I'm taking it. That's not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. Almost like that parable of the sower where when God's word is really lived, there's opposition to it. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh there there's something else um something rises up within the natural man when the natural man is faced with truth and God's righteousness that opposes that. They're not in line anymore. Well, and I think there's a part of us that so it talks about within the parable um that that shallow ground. I think there's a part of us that ca- that that calls out for truth, and so we want to know truth. And so when we're we're first introduced to the gospel, I think our spirit and and the spirit of God kind of connect within that gospel. And so you see people interested in Christianity or or within principles of Christianity or truth within Christianity. But then when you get to the point of wait, this means I have to do something different than culture. I have to do something different than what myself, my natural self, wants to do. So, so opposition may come from external sources. It may also come from just our own, our own nature where we say, hey, wait a second, God, your words ask yeah. me to do this. And I don't want to do that. That's so. Well, and amazingly enough, too, in, in First Thessalonians there, 
in spite of that opposition, Paul is so thankful also for the fact that they became followers of the churches of God. Yeah. Even in spite of that opposition, yeah. you would think in a worldly sense, I mean, I don't know what the percentage would be, but a majority of people, when you oppose them, they back down. Yeah. But when when you oppose a true Christian, that he I mean, there might be some stumbling there, you know. But that person's heart and and faith is connected with the Word of God, mm -hmm. and they want to move forward. They they want to, in spite of opposition. It's almost like the opposition fuels mm -hmm. um, them being more a genuine. Depth. Yeah, depth it, to their faith. I I, I, exper I experienced this when I was in Russia. I had a pastor actually ask us to pray. A, a, a pastor that I knew in Russia who actually spent 16 years, 17 years in Siberia in, in, in a prison for, for preaching asked that the church would face persecution, opposition, because he wanted the depth that... So when you make a choice to follow Christ in spite of opposition, that, that drives depth to that choice, and, and that's what he was asking for. And so so opposition can push away, but it also can can foster growth and depth and stability. Yeah. So. Well, and, and then let's, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. As we see here, kind of an illustration that Paul is telling Timothy about opposition and this idea that opposition to God is always going to be there, but opposition to God always loses in the end. It always yeah. does. And, and we need to keep this in mind or we can become discouraged. Uh, you know, I believe that we have nobody likes opposition. <laughs> you know, it's kind of an odd person that I conflict. guess they might be out there. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know too many that just enjoy <laughs> conflict, enjoy having everybody against them all the time, you know, and it almost seems like if we're really going to stand for Christ, that happens so often mm. in our lives. But he, he says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, he, Paul starts out with Timothy uh, referring to two men that we don't really know a lot about, but now as Jonas and Jambres, I have no idea if I pronounced those correctly, <laughs> withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. You know, if we stop there for a second, he refers to these two men that withstood Moses, the man that was called by God to lead uh, the people out of Israel. And Janus and Jambres, if you study Jewish legend, that's the only reason I knew this, um, these, these men are believed to be two of the magicians that were in Pharaoh's court. And... You know, they would, uh, they opposed the plagues. They, they could r replicate a lot of the, I guess, the beginning miracles by God, if you would. And, but we even find eventually in Exodus chapter 9, verse 11, you know, as, as the plague of the boils comes on uh, the children of Israel, not the children of Israel, sorry, the land of Egypt, that it says the magicians could not stand before Moses because of all the boils. For the boil was upon the magicians and all Egyptians. They had, they had reached a limit to their power. They had reached a limit to the satanic uh, power that they'd been given. And Paul says, just as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, there's other people out there also resisting the truth. Men of corrupt minds, they're reprobate, they're concerning the faith, they're going to be out there, but rest assured, they shall proceed no further. For their follies shall be manifest, shall be appear before all men, as theirs also was, and, and they were. They were confronted. They were made to look like fools. And eventually, everyone that opposes truth, everyone that opposes God's truth is going to be made to look like a fool. 
there's there's an element of encouragement in this too. I mean, yeah. obviously Amen. there's a lot of encouragement in this, but but so oftentimes I view opposition as a as a an evidence of failure. So we think if we're doing it right, everything will go smoothly, everything mm-hmm. will go perfectly. But we see these men of God, Moses, who called by God, doing what God called him to do, facing opposition. Even Christ, well, you know, Peter and and Paul dealing with opposition, and even Christ in his ministry. The reality is the truth piercing the darkness is going to create friction. It's going to create opposition. And so there's an element of encouragement in the fact that as we receive opposition, it's evidence, uh, it's a manifestation that we're, that we're, that we're, that the truth is doing its work in us and through us and accomplishing something. So we have this negative, I have a negative sure. mindset of, of confrontation sure. and I do all I can do to avoid it. In reality, if I'm doing what I'm called to do, just like our, my savior will face opposition. So. And Paul even goes on further, right, to mm. tell Timothy, yeah. he says in verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus yeah. shall suffer persecution. You know, Timothy, this, this happens to everyone mm. that stands for God. This happens to everyone that lives out the truth. If you're going to live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. You can just expect it. He says, you know, because evil men and seducers are just going to get worse and worse. They're going to deceive. They're going to be deceived. This is not going to get any better. He says, but... Timothy, you know, be encouraged. Continue in the things you've learned and the things you've been assured of, knowing who you learned them from. And he goes on to his you know, scriptural background. He was blessed to be raised in a family that taught him the word of God, which eventually led to his salvation. Um, and, and Paul lays this foundation here for the word of God. When you're continuing, what's, what's going to get you through this persecution? What's gonna, what is going to um, allow you the endurance to outlast all the opposition that will come from faith in Christ and standing on the word of God is going to be your involvement in the word of God, Mm -hmm. your continuation, your learning of those things. You're accepting that just like Paul said to first Thessalonians that you've accepted it as the words of God, not just the words of men, not just a good book, not just good advice, Mm -hmm. but these are God's word. And he, he caps off in second Timothy here, this very popular verse, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For what point? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God has given us his word to sustain us through any kind of opposition. Uh, opposition will eventually come to its end, but you know they're all going to be made to look like fools, whether it be in this physical life or in the judgment. Um, but for now, we are called to um, live for God in the face of opposition, to live godly in Christ Jesus. We're going to suffer persecution for it, but we are, we are exhorted, and Paul is exhorting Timothy, continue. Continue. You have the Word of God to stand on. Stand on the Word of God. You know, he gives, I've heard a, a passage, not original with me, but I, I just think it's such, an, such a better way to understand what he's saying here. He has said the Word of God is profitable. It always brings profit. It brings a benefit for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. So that's, that's doctrine. That's what is right. That's reproof. That's what is wrong. That's correction. That's how to get it right. And instruction, that's how to keep it right. That's how to stay right, how to live right. You know, so, so you hear what is right. Then you hear what is wrong. Then you hear how to, how to get all your wrong stuff right, and then you hear instruction on how to continue in, in living that righteous life uh, before God. And, and that's all comes from the Word of God. And I, lo- I love 
the 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 ending of that. So Paul's challenging Timothy, uh, his 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 disciple in the faith, and and when he's calling into or he's leading into ministry, he says, as you're as you're doing ministry, as you're standing on truth and for truth and projecting truth, you're going to face opposition. But know what God's doing in all of that opposition through His Word is that you, the man of God, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so in the middle of opposition, Satan's goal is to pull our eyes off of truth, off of the word of God and the work of God and focus on the opposition. And that's where naturally we go. I want to get rid of the opposition. How do I, how do I stop this uncomfortable moment, but recognize that our heart, our, our focus always should be on the, on the end of second Timothy three, where he says, Hey, God's doing a work. And, and that work is through his word. It's uh, through his word. It's in his word. It's by his word. It's in you. And it's perfecting you into the image of a son. And so don't allow ourselves to be focused on the opposition, focus on the truth that God's doing in our life. And then, and then projecting it out into uh, those that he brings into our path. And it's a wonderful place to be. Amen. And I like to, you, you, you pointed out, continue. Um, that's, that's a challenge for me because so often when I bump up against opposition, my first recourse is to pull back. It's, 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 uh, let's find a different path. Let's And Paul tells Timothy, just, Buck up and, and, and keep sure. going. Continue in the work. Yeah. Well, and we may experience this even today. Yeah, absolutely. We're getting together with our families. Yep. Not yep. everybody has um, Christians mm-hmm. in our families, and um, sometimes it's even hard to tell yeah. where they stand on those things until you bring it up, and then uh, it's either good or bad after mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and, you know, even look at Timothy. I was just thinking of this that this is an older man in the faith, Paul. He's, he's up there in years now, speaking to a younger pastor. We don't know, know exactly how old Timothy here is at this point, but he's still a young man. And our, our young people need us to be reminding them of this. We, they need older Christians, those who have come along in the faith, that have experienced this persecution, this resistance already, that have continued. Now we need to go back and remind the younger generation, those who are younger in the faith in Christ, that they need to do this as well. We need to be vocal about this. We really do. And um, Paul was very faithful to do that. And uh, but I, I want to follow that example Amen. as well. Amen. Well, we we want to let you get back to your Christmas holiday. And honestly, probably some of you are watching this on Tuesday, but <laughs> or listening to this on Tuesday. But if you happen to tune in on Christmas, we hope you have a wonderful day today. And we hope that you do have some profitable gospel conversations, um, some rest and relaxation, time with family, whatever that looks like for you. And that you concrete in your mind that you you need to stand for Christ. You need to stand Mm -hmm. on the word and words of God. And that is going to bring opposition. Just expect it, but continue. Amen continue. This is how this lost world is actually going to know who Jesus is when we continue through this opposition, just like we're so thankful somebody in the past did for us. That's how we came upon the gospel. Hmm. Grateful for what God did in their lives. We now serve the benefit of that, just like Timothy's benefit from his grandmother and his mother. And we want to pass that on to others. Stand, stand in the word today. Stand in the face of opposition this week whatever it takes to live for God, and be encouraged. Those who are opposing us, um, boy, if God doesn't save them, they're eventually going to feel very foolish, Mm. and they will fear, uh, they will feel 
the fierce judgment and wrath of God. Let that motivate us, encourage us. This will come to an end, so our enemies will not be there any longer, but our enemies also need to hear the truth. So let's let's be the truth tellers in their lives. Amen. Hope you all have a wonderful Christmas today. We wish you a Merry Christmas, and we will see you next Monday.